Once again, and finally, my name is Shafe. Thanks for tuning in. This is the Bow River Brigade podcast. We're back. We've been away for a couple weeks. Doogie beside me was on vacation, and I've been dealing with a a bit of a personal health crisis myself, so maybe a little bit more inconsistent, but we're back in the studio, ready to talk some footy. Yeah, yeah, it's it's tough to, you know, tough to get pods out in between these games, Uh, even, Come quick, yeah. I'm sure even the players are sitting there thinking, oh, it's tough to catch our breath between how fast they've had some of these, you know, games apart from each other. So Yeah, and injuries are a concern because of, I think, the pace of these games. So we'll get to that in a few minutes. But we're coming here. We're just into the second round of the Island Games now. Calvary coming off of a bit of a defeat, um, you know, but it's been kind of touch and go for Calvary. They've shown they aren't necessarily the big powerhouse that we saw last season. No, and um, I think a big thing that's shown in these Island games is it's important to be able to get consistent offense. Mm-hmm. And we've seen through the through these Island games, there's consistently been penalties that maybe shouldn't have even been called, but there's been an abundance mm-hmm. of penalties being called, and you have to be careful when you're when you're playing in, in some of these important matches. It seems basically almost every game, the vast majority, I don't know the, quite the percentage, but I'd say like 85% of the matches in the Island Games have seen a penalty kick, at least one per match, and I guess now we're just going to be expecting it, waiting for when the next penalty is hopefully going to come our way. And that's a BRB statistic, right? Yeah. Just so you guys know, like when we say 80%, that's been researched and looked up in basically just our brains and we're kind of making it up. You know, our stats are by feel over here, you know. But if you have been watching the Island Games, there has been an abundance of penalties for sure, Shafe. Yeah, and those penalties have been killing the Cavs. I mean, in the game against the Wanderers, we gave up two of them and didn't really get anything in return but let's first talk about let's backtrack to the game against Pacific and the two faces of Cavalry they looked just the real the real deal against Pacific and mm-hmm. and they you know they they really had a a solid overall game in in all ends of the pitch wouldn't you say they did i mean they showed a lot of consistency with their passing they showed a lot of playing that front foot football. They had a lot of shots. They had 14 shot attempts. Seven of them were on target. You know, they outplayed Pacific, but, you know, it, it was a great game. It was nice to see, you know, Nick Ledgerwood on the on the score sheet as well as Laja Adekumbe. They had a good game for them. Yeah, and I think the, you know, the big difference here is the Cavalry game and the Cavalry mentality is pressure, 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 mm-hmm. right? And with you know, with 11 men on the pitch, they're able to pressure almost any team, and I would say any team in this league, off of the ball, that kind of thing. It's nice to see players like Mohamed Farsi 
Oh, yeah. He had know? a stinger in that Pacific game. Yeah, and I think he's come in and shown that, that he wants a starting position yeah. and he can he can maintain a starting position and play week in, week out. Yeah, he's been preferred over um, Mason Trafford a couple times and he has shown that he is quick. He is the real deal in there and with a strike like he had against Pacific, you know that he is going to see a lot more starting time for Tommy's side. Yeah, and he looks very versatile, too. He looks like he can play in a lot of different styled positions. He can play a more defensive role, but he also can come up in those midfield when yeah. we do, you know, when we do the the main three in the back. We've seen him almost deployed as a as a midfield there on the wing. Yeah. So he, you know, his his movement and his ability to play anywhere is is also critical for us because Tommy always likes to shift things and change things up a bit. And he has to. He's been the tailor, as he described himself lately, with the injury woes that the Calvary have been facing. Coming out of that game against Pacific, we saw Nico Pasquati having some difficulty with his knee. He was out of the lineup going forward. Nick Ledgerwood comes off. He doesn't dress for the next game against Wanderers. Sergio Camargo is still a question mark. And we saw also we saw Marcus Haber go down, and he started on the bench against Wanderers. Yeah, it's tough. And as I said, we, we need some of these players to come in and some of these players especially now to bring offense because it's you know we need players like you know Yair Cordova Mm -hmm. we need him to to step up we need hopefully Sergio Camargo to come back fairly soon yeah Tony was saying he's touch and go he's practicing with the team again so we need him coming into this next game against Forge that's for sure yeah, and then we also, you know, we need Elijah Atakube to to play with, you know, some consistent form. We've seen how good he can be and how yep. big of a game changer he can be when he does come in. But, you know, we need him to to really step up if if we have to deploy some of these other other players a little bit farther upfield, that kind of thing. Yeah, and even we had dressing for the Wanderers game, the operations manager, former um, player from last year that, you know, brought his boots to the island, good for him, and, you know, stepped onto the pitch pretty quickly in this one. Yeah, Shafe, you must be talking about Tofa Fakunle. Mm. You know, if you watched that game, he had a chance that it was just so unlucky. It didn't quite sit down for him, but... He had lots of time sitting in the box right at his feet. I was actually watching it with some friends who have actually never really watched much of the Cavalry. And I I mentioned that, you know, one of our player managers is coming in because Mm -hmm. we're so we're so short. Yeah. And they they actually said, wow, wouldn't it be cool if he was the one that tied it up and he had a chance to do so. It would have been just a dream. But yeah. You know, that's the thing is we're we're so thin right now with all these injuries that, you know, even having a a deep squad as we do, it's it's tough. It's really tough going forward. We need, uh, you know, we need those Simmons to to be healthy. We need Atacubes to come in and step up. You know, we we need Nikki to be be there as a, a super sub or, you know, come in and and feel feel good because we know that Nikki can play really well when he's healthy and and things are going well but he's getting a bit old and we yeah. have seen you know he can't make it through full matches some days and 
you know, we just need him on his top form to to come in when he does come in and come in flying, right? Exactly. And now let's talk about the game against the Wanderers that happened just on the 12th of September. It was a real uphill battle for the Cavs after Jay Wielden takes a quick yellow early on. I don't know if it was warranted. Maybe it was a little bit of a weak call. And then Jay gets a warranted yellow in the box, taking down Akeem Garcia, Akeem the Dream Garcia, to set him up with a goal. And now we have to play with 10 men and we're a goal down. Yeah, Shafe, it, you know, it really puts the cavalry team in a, a really tough position. And, uh, you know, coming in, coming in like that, a down, a goal down and a player down Mm -hmm. it you know that's a tough game to win and uh we've seen that offense is is precious in this tournament and it's come from a lot of different areas but that kind of to me shows that the cavalry really need the full team on some of these build-up plays or they've also been getting you know, some, some good chances off of, uh, you know, you know, they're always good on set plays, things like that. But, uh, when you, when you get, whether it is a warranted or not a tough yellow card, we'll say early on, you have to know that you have to play a little bit differently. And the other team knows that too. They're going to send, you know, players to attack, the oh, box yeah. against that that player that has the yellow card. They're gonna say, you know, he's playing center in between two other players, and they're gonna attack the center. If he's playing the right wing on on defense, you know, or right back, they're gonna attack the right back, and they're gonna come at them because they know if they get slightly by him, he he can't. He shouldn't. He can't lunge in. He can't pull him back. Yeah, can't wrap your arms around him. You're going to get called every time. And they've been consistent with those kind of calls throughout the tournament. So you have to know with a yellow in hand already that you need to keep your arms down. So that's hard. 11 minutes in to lose Jay. And now we're playing for 80 minutes, a man down. Yeah, and as we've kind of mentioned, uh, you know, they're... There's been penalties in abundance, so you, whether it's lunging in, whether it's blocking a ball, you, you have to honestly, in this tournament, come in mentally thinking, where are my hands, where are my feet, where am I placing myself, yeah. what am I What am I doing if, if you're inside the box? And uh, yeah, like you said, 11, 11 minutes down, they uh, put themselves in a tough position. And it's actually quite amazing. For playing 80 minutes with a man down, Cavs still managed to put on one heck of a show. They had 11 shots, which matched the Wanderers, and one less shot on target. But the possession is something that is actually quite astonishing. We still had 56% of the possession throughout the game. Now, if that was mostly playing across the field and pass backs, it's hard to say. But we all we could try to do was try to control the tempo as best we could a man down. Well, and that's the thing is our game is, like I said, pressure, pressure, pressure. And we we always have a player on the ball. When you're a man down and you're playing a team like Halifax, we've seen Halifax got unlucky to not come away with a win against Forge. Yep. You know, in my opinion, Halifax should be top of the table. Um, and... Uh- 
against those teams, yeah, you you definitely you can't you can't afford to to be a player down because they you know they'll move you around and they'll find the space or the pocket for the right player. And in this case, it is Garcia. Yeah, and honestly, I like quite like the Wanderers. I mean. You're saying they should be top of the table. I think they might be one of the strongest sides this year, and they're coming in going, oh, we're rebuilding for next year, and they just shine. They've played so well against us. they played so well against every side, and they are going to be one of the two teams in the finals, almost guaranteed now, because what exactly does the road ahead look like for the Cavs to see them in the final. This is the thing, Shafe, is you would you would think and you you think that that should happen and that's kind of what I think as well as they should be, you know, I think they should almost have their place booked yeah. by now. Cavalry fans will kind of hope that that's not the case because one of the situations that we have could see Halifax go out. So essentially what Cavalry FC want to do and have to do to move on is pick up points against Forge. They want to draw against them or ideally, in this case, we would like to win. We need that win, yeah. If we get the win, we're in. And essentially, if Pacific beats Halifax, then Halifax would be out and Forge would book their place. However, if Halifax gets any points, then Forge will be out. Yeah. So, honestly, I'd, I want to see Halifax be there. I really do. It would be great. I, ideally, my situation would be Cavalry get the win, Halifax yep. get the win, yep. or get, you know, a draw against Pacific and... You know, we see Forge out and we see a Cavalry Halifax final. That's what I want. I want I need some variety in my finals. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. And I can't really root for some of the other scenarios where it might be Forge and Halifax. No. And which is a very, very real thing. Just if, as likely as Cavalry booking their spot. If we lose against Forge, we're out. And that'll likely be... Uh, for it will be a Forge and Halifax final. Yeah. So otherwise, Calgary can get a draw, and if they get the draw, Forge would auto-qualify, and then we would need Halifax to lose against Pacific right. for us to get in. Which is unlikely. And I hate leaving it down to you know another team to do your dirty work for you and yeah. get you in. And, you know, right now, here's a question I actually wanted to ask is, do you think Pacific can get points out of Halifax? You know, they're they're bottom. They haven't won. They haven't drawn anything. And do you think that they're kind of a little bit just out of the league of these top three teams? They still have a great front three. So, I mean, Pacific knows that they can put points on the board. And so do the Wanderers. I think it's going to be a really hard-fought game right in the middle of the field. And I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if it came away as a draw. Yeah, I I hear you on that. Ideally, I don't want to watch this and yeah. hope that it's still deciding the Cavalry's future. Yeah. So you know, let's get a win on uh, let's get a win on Tuesday, and and hopefully we don't even have to watch the second game biting our nails. Right. That's right. Tuesday, the last two matches of the second round will be kicking off. It's Cavalry Forge, 11 a.m. on the 15th, 
and it is Wanderers versus Pacific that evening. 6 p.m. is your kickoff time. All those times are in Mountain Time because you know that's where we are. If you want to check your local listings, that's probably wise. Yeah, exactly. Eastern, add a couple of hours to that. It's going to be eight o'clock. Yeah, yeah math. I don't want to do it. I'll just make the computers do all the math for me. The Bow River Brigade podcast is part of the Northern Starting Eleven Network. Online at northernstarting11.com. We'll leave you today with a quick, um, I don't know, how you doing in that fantasy, man? You are killing it. And the CPL fantasy is still going strong. Doogie's Brigade is, you know, top tier. I was doing really well. I, unfortunately, this last uh, this last weekend, I took a bit of a licking with, um, you know, with all my cavalry players mm. not really doing too well. Um, and then I also captained Bustos, who, oh, okay. who was held, who was held scoreless. But to tell the truth, I'm thinking at this point you kind of maybe pick a couple sleepers for the last couple games and hope that you can distance yourself in the pool against everybody else. Maybe throw in that random Elijah Atakube. Hope he comes in. Hope he's, you know, some of those types of players. Hope that they get a goal. Don't just captain the, uh, you know, the Bustos and even Muhammad Farsi. People are catching on to him. So Yeah, that's who I captained last game. You actually are sitting 34th right now. I hadn't actually looked at the listings overall. I'm at 152nd. So, I mean, my brigade isn't really going that strong. I did captain Farsi this week, but, you know, just wasn't quite enough. You want to watch out because now some of these other players that I need to catch, it's a it's a tight race up till first if you look probably at the, the first 30 people. And, uh, you know, the people that I need to catch essentially – you got to pick a captain that they're not going to have, yeah. you know, because if everyone picks, you know, somebody who the Beckers or yeah. things like that. You need those differential points. Yeah. yeah. So so for me, I think to, to get back in the game and hope I can maybe be top tier of one of the leagues, uh, I'm probably going to going to throw a couple sleepers in there. That's my little uh, key to the next couple games. Yeah. I'm out of it. I can't. I can't win. It's done. I moved on to English Premier League fantasy. That's what I'm focusing all my effort on at this point. So I'll see you there, bud. Yeah, I don't think I did too too well that this morning in that either. So. All right. Well, that's about it for us today, Doogie. Uh, where are we on social media? We are at b r b f o o t y b r b footy at gmail.com if you want to email us or just the BRB footy tag on social media at Twitter and on Instagram. Yeah, get us there. Let us know what you're thinking. Hashtag Island Games and we'll check out some of your comments. Get some of your input. You know, always nice to have more people involved in the conversation. So, that's it for this week. Music is provided by Mitch Balot. You visit him online at mitchbalot.com. That's M-I-T-C-H-B-E-L-O-T as well as on all your streaming services. One thing maybe I wanted to mention is, you know, this weekend we said goodbye to uh, a really good football fan of ours and yeah. friend of ours. and uh, A giant of a man. Yeah, and a, with a giant heart. And, you know, just, you know, cherish the people in your life that you love and, you know, be there for them and 
let them know that you love them. Absolutely. We're all going through trials and tribulations, so much going on in this world. You know, hug the ones you love. Um, we'll be back when we are able to. At least we'll do a wrap of the Island Games, if not before. So um, until then, you know, keep your head up. March on. And we'll talk to you guys soon. BRB.